What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, we'll actually be getting into a season review of Kobe White. This one, I can't wait to I put the poll up on this one. I can't wait to see your guys' responses. I can't wait to see the comments in this one because I really do think this is going to be one of the ones that are kind of all over the place. you got some people who really still do see a lot of potential in Kobe White, and you have a, a ton of Bulls fans also that are just ready to see Kobe White go where do i stand on that you guys know where i stood on trading him this this uh uh trade deadline but we'll get into some more details on all of that where he will be if he's going to be a bull next season we'll get into all that and we'll be talking a little bit more about the zach levine rumors on today's chicago bull central you are now tuned in to chicago bull central your number one spot for all things chicago bulls hosted by hayes all right, Bulls fans, welcome to the episode. Um, After yesterday's trade gate where Jay Williams and that dumbass trade idea that he proposed, you know, it's it, a lot of the day was spent on, uh, you know, talking about the Lakers and why the national media is so just seems seemingly invested in trying to get the Lakers back to relevancy. But it all seemed to come back down to normalcy after a while. You've seen a lot of articles now come out to point out that how unlikely it's, it would be for the Lakers to be able to acquire Zach Levine, pointed out all the things that I've I pointed out in the video before uh, my my Jay Williams video and some of the things that I pointed out in the Jay Williams video, and I'm glad I'm glad that you know. And again, it, it wasn't ESPN that did so. It's it's a lot of these side blogs and things like that. But I'm glad that that coverage is out there to help just differentiate from the nonsense that we get from the net what is the national media so oftenly and I'm, I'm glad that 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 we have those outlets out there i'm glad people like me uh shout out to chgo and their bulls podcast with matt peck and big dave who also you know completely dismissed the rumors and talked about the reality of it and this is going to be the summer of zach levine trade ideas you're going to be getting inundated like i said with it from the beginning of of from now until zach levine actually signs it's not going to change you're going to be getting that forever there's going to be i'm sure the spurs are up next with how the Spurs are going to plan to acquire him and what would the sign and trade possibly look like. It's going to be things this whole summer in regards to Zach Levine and, and ideas. And it's just going to, it's going to be, it. and like I said, if they come from a reputable person, like if, it, if that Portland rumor, for example, came from anyone, but Brian Windhorse, I probably wouldn't have covered it on the show, but because it was Brian Windhorse, even though he did in, in the nature of how he said it on the podcast, he did present it as a speculation, not as actual report that there's, going to be some that there's some fire there I, I wanted to report on it and the jay williams thing petty roosevelt just had to have his way with that so you know that's where we stand with that one but we are here today to review the season of kobe white now this has been an up and down season coming into this nba season many people had kobe white pegged as being somebody who was going to be gone by the trade deadline i had told you guys basically since i started the show i think one of one of my first videos that really Got a lot of conversation started. Is it was titled "Why the Chicago Bulls Would Be Crazy to Trade Kobe White at This Year's Trade Deadline" or in this year, I can't remember exactly how I worded it. And you know, everything I said in that came true. It's because the Bulls have more assets to trade. It makes more sense to take a look at how he fits on an improved team before you make that 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 move and pull that trigger. And you know, people will say, "Oh, well, he's from a former regime and all." Yeah, yeah, yeah. so was Zach Levine. He's gonna he's gonna be back. It's it, but at that time. That was the information that we had. Now we've gotten a chance to see what Kobe looks like on an improved team. We got a chance to see what Kobe looks like playing in a, in a role that is more theoretically suited for him and being the, uh, the, the hypothetical scorer off the bench. 
And this season was full of up and downs for Kobe White. When he initially came back this season, he looked terrible. And, you know, he was working his way back. I had been very vocal and I said, hey, it could be a while before we see the actual version of Kobe White that we're going to get this season after being back from injury and missing all of training camp, things like that. And for a while there, especially on the nine-game winning streak, there, there were easily four to five games on that nine-game winning streak that the Bulls went on um, towards the, the first half of the season that we wouldn't have won if it wasn't for Kobe White's defense, right? He made some key defensive leaps this season, and I know some people are going to you know, be like, oh, Kobe White's still terrible on defense. Don't get me wrong. Kobe White still gets cooked very often in, uh, in his one-on-one matchups. So I'm not saying that that's, that that's not true, but he has made leaps this season defensively, especially his weak side defense, um, things like that. He made certain leaps and, and, you know, his defensive rating for this season was 116.9. Um, and, you know, that's that's not the best at all. Right. That's not something that you're going to look and see and that's going to stand out to you. Um, and it's actually worse than his defensive rating last season. But it's in watching the games. Right. And like I said, some of the things he did with the off the ball, double teaming sometimes getting getting certain steals um, and just how he was in position sometimes that weak side defense really did take leaps for, for Kobe White, but it wasn't enough. And then we got to see Kobe White scoring come on a little bit um, and it looked really good. And when Kobe White scoring was on, it made this team look like, wow, like the, for a bench that needed a lot of scoring down the stretch, it made it look like, okay, well, here here's Kobe White. Here's what he can be, but it just wasn't consistent for Kobe White. So looking over Kobe White's stats, we're going to go month by month. In the month of December, when he did come back, <coughs> I'm sorry, in the <laughs> month of November, when he did come back, Kobe White had one 20-point game and only two double-digit double games in the month of November. In the month of December, he had two over 20-point games and four total double-digit scoring games. In the month of January, now this is where he played the most games, Kobe White had, he had 14 double-digit scoring nights Two of those being over 20 point per game scoring, about three to four of those being between 18 and 19 points. Kobe White balled in the month of January, period. Kobe ball in the month of January. Kobe White averaged off the bench 16 points per game um, on 47 percent shooting overall from the field and 38 percent shooting in, uh, from from three point range and 90 percent free throw shooting. That's what Kobe White's month of January was. His month of December to go back was 15 points on 44% shooting and 42% shooting from the three-point range. Now, this is where things start to get a little bit interesting for Kobe White. In the month of February, was which a pretty solid month for Kobe White as well. It was his best month in this in the 2021-22 season for Kobe White. In there, he had a 30-point game, a 24-point game, a 22-point game, and in every game that he played in the month of February, he scored in double-digit points except for two. And those were 10 games. So Ten out of, eight out of those ten games, he scored in double digit points, and a lot of those were there were two twenty point games and a thirty point game from Kobe White. His month of February overall was sixteen points per game, forty five point nine uh, field goal percentage overall, forty eight percent three point uh, shooting percentage in the month of February, and eighty nine free throw uh, percentage with getting about averaging about two free throw attempts per game. He had three point eight assists in that in that month. The month of February was the month that Kobe balled out. That was the month that it seemed like, hey, Kobe's pulling this together. Now, some of those games where he got starter level minutes, he started in, in, in a lot of those games, but it really did seem like Kobe White was prepared to ball out. It seemed like, hey, this is going to be a jumping point for Kobe White. 
maybe heading out of the All-Star break to end the season, Kobe is going to be playing very well for us. But then it fell steeply off a cliff. The month of March, Kobe averaged 9.9 points per game. We're not even going to get into the number of double-digit scoring points because it, 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 was, it was a few. But he shot 40% overall from the field and dropped down to 32% over, um, from three-point range. Now, he did have 100% free throw shooting for the, for the month of March. But the month of March was Kobe's by far worst scoring month and by every stretch of the imagination. And then we get into the month of April. There are only four games in the month of April that he played in. But he did, he did average 11 uh, points per game over the course of that. He had a field goal percentage of 35% and a three-point percentage of 42.3%. And then the postseason. In the postseason, in the playoffs, Kobe White's first playoffs, averaging 19.8 minutes per game, he had, a, he had totals of 8.4 points per game on 29% shooting from the floor, 36% shooting from three-point range, with taking, a, taking between one to five threes per game and a 50% free throw shooting percent. He played in every game in the playoffs for the Bulls. He had totals of 23, 10, 21, 13, and 32 minutes. That last one was because he had to start. Kobe White fell off a cliff after having his best month in the month of February. Now, that does coincide with the team overall falling off a cliff after the All-Star break. Now, what does that leave Kobe overall for the season? Kobe's stats overall for the season uh, were he averaged 12.7 points per game. He had uh, three rebounds, 2.9 assists, and had a PER of 12.60. This was a really interesting season for Kobe White. His overall totals. Um, 41.3% from field goal range and 36.5 percentage, which is his second lowest shooting percentage from three-point range in his career. No, I'm sorry. I was reading his career stats. He had a 38.5 uh, three-point percentage, which actually was his highest three-point percentage of his career, um, and a 43.3 percentage from field goal range, which also was the highest in his career. It's, it's more interesting and more difficult than I think we think. I think we look at like the bad games from Kobe and the games where he wasn't because Kobe White had a lot of games in which he just was not shooting the ball effectively at all, especially down the stretch of the season. But Kobe did show some promise this season. The question that really remains when it comes to Kobe White is do the Bulls still have time to wait on Kobe to become consistent, right? Even if in, in looking in his, in his month, and the reason why I use month-to-month totals is because that's how he ramped up over the course of the season. Did Kobe do enough this season to where the Bulls, in, his, in the final year in his deal, do they take a look at Kobe and say, hey, if we can convince Kobe to sign for about seven to eight million per year, does Kobe have a spot on this roster if the bench improves dramatically, right? We still know we need to improve the bench totally. I still think that Kobe is going to be moved. I think that at this point, while Kobe still, the thing that I want to be clear with on this is that looking at those, Kobe still has potential. And I know Bulls fans are tired of waiting. We've seen it from Kobe. We've seen Kobe's good days. We've seen Kobe's bad days. And a lot of Bulls fans are over it. But, you, but we'd be remiss and I'd be lying, right? I'd just be flat out lying if I didn't say Kobe doesn't still, at 22 years old, has a ton of potential in this league to turn into a scorer off the bench. And some people may even still see Kobe as being a potential starter on some teams, depending on how the rest of that makeup of that team is. Kobe White has tons of potential in this league. But the question that remains is, does do the Bulls have the time to wait on that potential considering he has a contract extension coming up? Considering Io DeSumo has a contract extension coming up next season and Io DeSumo is a better all-around player and he could become a more consistent scorer quicker than Kobe White at both of them being 22 years old. A lot of those questions remain for Kobe White. But when we look at the, the season 
of Kobe White. And I know some people are going to completely disagree with me. They're going to be a lot of, I expect a lot of people to give Kobe, when I put this poll up, a D. But really looking at Kobe's season, yes, it was up and down. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, there were times where we needed Kobe to give us more scoring, and he just didn't give us that. But I can't, like, Kobe gets a C- minus for me this season because looking at everything, coming into the season, improving he made on defense, not having an actual offseason, his minutes, you know, be, he was getting consistent minutes, but even his role changed, like everybody on this team, because of the injuries and the COVID, his role changed dramatically from game to game, week to week at certain times in this season. What I will say is that month, that month of March and that month of February, for the most part, um, I'm sorry, well, that month of February and the month of January gives so much for Kobe looking at, at him to say, hey, there's still, there's still a lot of potential in this kid. There's still a tons of potential in this kid. But the real question is, is do the Bulls have time to really try to cultivate that and, 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 and develop him when they're trying to theoretically compete now, especially once Zach Levine re-signs with this team? They may be looking to improve the bench to get more consistent people. And Kobe just has not proven to be consistent. And that question I'm going to present to you guys before I leave. Looking at, giving, given those numbers that I gave, breaking it down, going into the month to month, right? Not just focusing on how the season ended, but how Kobe really ramped up the first couple of months of the season, then giving us his best month, possibly of his career in February, having a very solid month in January as well, and then falling off March, April in the playoffs, falling off very big for the Chicago Bulls. Is there enough there? What do you guys think? Do you do you? What's the grade that you give Kobe White? Do you do you want to see the Bulls continue to invest in Kobe, maybe for another season, and then let the market dictate what happens with Kobe White next season? How do you think the Bulls handle Kobe White's? What, what they do with Kobe White this offseason or during the season, if it gets that, maybe at this year's trade deadline, all those things could be big parts of how this team improves this bench or doesn't. Or Kobe White being more consistent can be a big way in how they improve this bench. I want to hear from you guys all of that down below in the comment section. Let me know what you guys think. But this has been it. Thank you for listening and tuning in to Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the podcast at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and or voicemail, which the mailbag episode will be tomorrow. So make sure you guys are tuned into that. If you want to leave a text and or voicemail, the number for that is 773-270-2799. I love you guys so much. Like I liked it and everything on. Go Bulls. See red. Don't be red. I love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.